Thank you for choosing to listen to the Mummy on a Break podcast. I am Maria Newman, otherwise known as Mummy on a Break. My journey to becoming Mummy on a Break started back in 2016. That's the year I took voluntary redundancy whilst on maternity leave with my second baby and without really having a plan. The only thing I knew at that moment was that I needed to change my job and if I didn't seize the day and take my chance, I'd be in the same job doing the same thing up until I retired. That thought really scared me. So long story short, I embarked on my journey of being mummy on a break, which started with me actually deciding to start my own business. And by following a very windy road led me to create the life I really wanted. I now help women who are like the old me. I help busy working mums who are fed up of the routine, the daily routine, and want to take back control and create the life they really want in their work, their relationships, their wellness, their money, and the fun stuff. If you want to find out more about how I can help you, then check out my website, mummyonabreak.co.uk and click work with me. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Welcome to the Mummy on a Break podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I am Mummy on a Break. You can find out more about me, Mummy on a Break, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. During this podcast series, I will be interviewing ordinary mums like you and me who are mums in business. My guest today is Eve Horn. She is a mum in business who wants to help you to find your voice and reconnect with who you are through music. Thanks for joining me today, Eve. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me, my lovely. Oh, you are most welcome. (laughs) So I know you, but some of our listeners may not. So tell us a bit about yourself, your story and how you got to where you are today. Okay, so my name's Eve Horn. I am founder of Peak Music UK and also founder of the Unheard campaign. And I got here, my journey, I guess, started, I say my professional music journey. Um, It started when I attended the Brit School when I was 13, uh, many, many moons ago. It just opened, so it was like 1991. I'm doing the very quick version. So from there, I was able to really embrace my creative side. And yeah, it was like the beginning of, I guess, finding who who I was or who I am and my purpose. So um, from there, I got signed to my first record label, which was Polydor. And we went on to tour with people like the Backstreet Boys and Boyzone and Peter Andre and we performed at Wembley and it's the first time I ever flew on a plane was my I flew to New York um I was 18 at the time um and that was amazing as you can imagine you know it had its good and bads but overall fantastic experience from there I then got signed to EMI uh, in Denmark so I moved to Denmark when I was I think about 21 didn't have a clue what I was doing it's just on on this flight one Saturday morning champagne breakfast didn't know what I was I was like where am I going what am I I didn't even know really know that Denmark existed 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was like one of those little countries that you don't really hear about. Um, so yeah, um, got signed to EMI. And that was, again, amazing. We got to um, tour places like Japan, Malaysia, Singapore, Philippines, um, and toured with people like Five, 911, very, very boy bandish, but it was the 90s. It was like the thing. Um, so again, amazing um, experience. Um, we still have uh, a Christmas single that is like the most played Christmas song in Denmark. Um, above like last Christmas, George Michael, hello. <laughs> uh, so that's fantastic. And then um, obviously I knew even then at a young age that it wouldn't last forever, uh, but the group split up and I had to move back to the UK. I, well, I had a choice. I could stay in Denmark or move back to the UK. I chose to move back to the UK because I have family here and, and I had my, my home, my flat, and I would have lost it if I stayed there. So I moved back to the UK. Uh, and then depression smacked me in the face. Literally, it's a hard, like, came from absolutely nowhere. I didn't even know what depression was. I didn't know what was happening to me. Um, long story short, I did everything that I could to try to, um, I guess, get myself out of it. So I decorated my home like it was back over there. Uh, I went to the gym. I signed up to do some, like, music production courses. Um, but nothing was was really helping. So I got put on antidepressants. Anyway, I still kind of fought through and struggled through. And I ended up um, realizing that although I loved my journey, I didn't like the fame side of it. I didn't like having to switch on uh, a different personality if I wasn't in the mood. But I loved the music side. So I went to university to study to be a sound engineer. Um, because I thought, you know what, the writing and the production side is, is you know, the money-making side as well. That's where the people make most money in the industry. So I went to university, and it was at university that I realised I was only one of six women, and I was only one of colour in the whole year. And I did my dissertation on the lack of uh, sound female sound engineers in the music industry. And that was kind of when I first started realizing that the, there was another side to the industry other than being an artist and seeing like the inequality so straight after that me and a girl from uni um, set up a company with the prince's trust to support young people that are disadvantaged and we did it in the area that i came from and also to promote female producers and we won a national business award for that and an enterprise in london award for our work um, but then my business partner's mum passed away, unfortunately, and it really hit everything really hard. So we kind of ended up getting normal jobs. So my first normal job was working at Apple. Um, I started off as a specialist and ended up becoming an expert. And she now like manages Europe or something like that. But after that, <laughs> as you do, um, I had a little bit of um, illness. So straight from there, I, I had to have a hysterectomy because I had severe endometriosis. And that also led to me having bowel surgery because it had spread to my bowel. So I ended up having a stoma. Um, and so at that point I was in my, like still struggling with my depression. I was still pretty much lost because I, my identity was being an artist and being in the industry. All my other friends were still on stage, on television, signed, and I just was lost. 
was like, I'm useless. I'm a failure. I'm a massive, massive failure. Um, and I was holding on to music as much as I could by working at Apple because it was still creative. It was like techie and creative. And then I just got to the point where I was like, if I can't do music the way I want to, I'm just going to try to make as much money as I can. Uh, so I applied for the fire brigade and applied to be a train driver as well. And I actually got both of them. Um, but I'd taken the um, physical for the fire brigade twice and passed. But because I just had my operation, I was like, there's no way I'm going to pass it. I'm like as weak as like a 90 year old woman at the moment. So I did the train driving thing and uh, I became a train driver or what is called a shunter um for six years so do you want to know what shunter is a shunter is <laughs> i'm having to stop laughing because it's so unprofessional but it is really funny it's a funny word but yeah go on no no tell it is, me. isn't it i'm it's gonna shunt <laughs> go on say shunt no i can't go on shunt. Oh. it's very satisfying <laughs> shunt <laughs> Um, so basically a shunter or a depot assistant, they, they are responsible for um, when the trains come into the yard at night, when they're out of service, we kind of uncouple them and go through and do the safety checks and make sure they're cleaned and ready for service the next morning. Um, so that's a shunter's role. Very, very active. You don't stop. And it was a night, a night role as well. Um, so that was great. I loved the job. It wasn't my environment. I just didn't fit personally. It wasn't morally and everything. It just didn't fit. And I was so, so, so unhappy. And also I'd started going through my menopause. So I was having hot sweats at night, like working on the train. And I was just like, oh, I can't be dealing with it. And um, I was like, I have to go back into music. My soul is dead. I, I really have to. And I was like, but I'm never going to, you know, I was on really good money. And I was so scared to make the jump. And eventually I did. Um, I got some CBT counselling, which I would swear by um, to anyone. And uh, I started peak music. And my initial aim was to um, help songwriters with production because they're two different worlds and I do both. So I was like, I can help bridge that gap, give them the tools that they need. And then from there, uh covid hit uh so i had my songwriting retreat up and ready and i was doing workshops uh and then i had to completely pivot and that's when i really had to sit and think about what my passions are what i believed in what 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 really makes me gets in my gut you know and that's when i started the campaign um called the unheard uh, we are the unheard and it basically initially started to um, promote the equality of women in the music industry because female producers have recently only just gone up to 3%. Um, I can't remember the exact stats of everything else, but like singers, female singers uh, that are registered at PRS, um, I think are like 18%. You know, it's, it's really bad. And that's just women. We're not going into women of colour. We're not going into women that are marked. You know, we're not going into any of the other stats. Uh, it's just that. So... I was like, I have to do something. I'm in all of these amazing groups that are doing great stuff, but what am I doing to make change? And so I started the campaign and it's a t-shirt campaign and I sell the t-shirts and basically I've just raised enough money 
from t-shirt sales to start delivering my first lot of workshops to young women in production and songwriting so that's pretty much where I'm at now <laughs> but you no. did miss one major thing oh well oh we had the baby yes <laughs> <laughs> of course because you you're a mum in business and and I she's am. only what's she two now she's gonna be three in November goodness see do you know what? I probably, it's because like she makes it so easy for me. Do you know what I mean? I'm, it's been really hard. It has been very hard, but she is an amazing child and she makes it so easy. And I guess part of the reason why I left uh, the trains as well, because we were thinking about having her at the time. And I was like, I don't want, I was always tired, you know, and I was, and I was like, I don't, if I have a kid, I want to be with them. I want to be present. Uh, so working from home has been perfect and she's adorable. She Amazing. is very cute, very she cute. Is. I mean, Eve, your, your journey, your, um, the things that you have experienced, the things that you have done, and it's not all, I mean, you have had your really high moments. And obviously, like you've shared with us, you've had moments where you weren't in a good place. No, not and, at all. And we've talked many times and you, your approach and outlook on life is positive and I am going to do this and I am going to get it done even if you are slightly too busy (laughs) most of the time (laughs) oh don't oh I know it's it's my worst thing isn't it it's like everyone's like you know what else you can't do anything else I'm like but I don't know like everyone's like niche and just just do one thing but I actually physically can't because I'll resent it I I, I get bored very easily and I've just realized I enjoy being at that point where I'm like managing multiple things I might not become the best at it and that's okay I might never be an expert in you know one thing but I don't really want to be there's um I've been listening to a book I've been re-listening to the book this is probably the third time I've listened to it and it's Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo and she she is similar to you in the sense of she has said you know yeah people are telling me focus on one thing I need to be you know an expert in that one thing and she said I just realized I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur yeah so you are a multi-passionate entrepreneur (laughs) yes I am and I embrace it no seriously like I just can't do it I can't I, I and I think that's why I can't work for someone else as well because I I feel stuck I feel like claustrophobic I feel caged and I don't know if it's being creative as well but I just I have to be able to express like one day I want to write a song another day I'm like you know producing an advert another day I'm in the the garage making pallet furniture another day I'm doing a podcast another day I'm you know delivering a workshop that's what I like and it's good because you know what you like and you're doing it so I'm going to ask you I reckon a really difficult question oh god (laughs) I know exactly what's the one thing no 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 what's the best thing you've ever done Oh, that's very hard. It's got to be being a mum. Oh. Yeah, that's got to be, like, first, like, the joy that it brings me um, is, yeah. It's that that first. And then personally, I've, it's really hard. 
I think the best thing I've ever done is finding myself and being true to myself because everything that is an extension of that in turn makes me happy do you know what I mean like mm. I, I think when I was at a point where I wasn't happy and I was constantly searching and finding and you know it was a really really horrible place to be in um so by finding even though I found what I loved I lost it so refinding it and making a promise to myself to stay open and have fun are I think is the best thing I've ever done for myself yeah and I think in life if we accept ourselves yeah. and find ourselves and know ourselves and all of that everything else is easy yeah. even when times are challenging because it's hard work not being who you are it you've really remember, is you've got to remember who you said you are to who and what you've said and what you haven't said and whereas if you're just you you don't have to worry about or remember any of that stuff you're just you mm. the thing is what I find uh, having gone through CBT and stuff as well um, is I realize a lot of people they don't know how to find themselves. They don't even know that they're not being them. And so my passion, I think, lies in that part, helping that person to realise, oh, my God, I've been living like this and I didn't even realise this was a possibility. And it's only when that light bulb moment happens and it's just like, you know. It is, it is. It really is just the sense of relief and you just they just feel the pressure just it goes yeah I mean you have other pressures but <laughs> but it, it just it's like I said earlier isn't it just things life becomes easier yeah because you've allowed yourself to be you everything slots into place you do get that relief and so you see things completely differently you know, it, it, the, it's very hard to explain if you haven't gone through that process. Um, but it's waiting for anyone who's listening. It's waiting for you if you're open to it. So we've heard about your passions, but really drill down and tell us, what is it that drives you and inspires you and motivates you to get up every day? And no matter whether it's going to be an easy day or a challenging day, you still keep going um making change I think you know and helping people uh, I think that's that's it I've always been like it like when I said earlier that I had to really look at my passions and stuff I realized that through everything I'd done every job I'd had when we ran the studio I was a teacher I was a mentor I was a trainer I was an assessor when I was at um, Apple I managed a team I mentored them when I ran the studio we would mentor and train young people on software. When I was at the trains, I was an assessor and a trainer, you know, and it's something that I love. I love seeing people learn and grow in confidence. And I think that's what, what drives me. And I like making change. I like things to be fairer, you know, and I like to give people a voice. Like I've gone through all of this and, and have the strength to do it, but not everyone else does. So, um, I feel like it's my duty to help those who can't. Oh, I love that. 
love that. that that could be your like slogan if it isn't already <laughs> you to help people who can't help themselves mm. yeah so what is the ultimate goal then so my ultimate goal is to change the world <laughs> oh domination yes <laughs> <laughs> um so i think <laughs> I think just to help people so as you know as well I'm launching my we are the unheard podcast soon I haven't got a date yet because I'm still figuring it out when I get around to it um and that again is going to be a platform for people to to kind of have a voice anyone who feels unheard in their life or hasn't had the confidence to to talk about it um and I, I want to just make change through educating people with love I guess and the ultimate goal is to, I guess, if I can help, I'm going to use the, the, the typical uh, number now, like a million people. If I can change a million lives, I will die very, very happy. And even that could be like, it doesn't have to be massive. It could just be something like, you know, you, you really helped me uh, have a good day today because I was having a crap day or you know, I realized that I wasn't being true to myself or I wasn't being strong in this situation. It could be absolutely anything. But if people don't hear stories and if people don't understand other people's lives and their paths, we can't grow, mm. you know? And I think that is, it's appreciating that everybody has been on their own journey and they're in a different place in their lives than where you may be so you know I might find something really really easy that someone else is finding challenging but just because I find it easy that does not take away what this the other person is going through that's where they are that's the tools that they have to deal with that situation so it's just it's an appreciation and an awareness as to where we are versus where someone else is and just to like acknowledge those differences and then help each other move on yeah exactly because you know I'm I still consider myself at the very beginning of my business journey um effectively I've been running the company for for like three years but because of covid I had to rethink everything so um you know whereas someone else might be running their business for a year and be bringing in hundreds of thousands of pounds but they have a different model and a different thing and you can't, you know, we are all on our own journeys and, you know, we can't compare to other people, but we can support, yeah. you know, and say, do you know what? Don't worry because I was there and it gets better. I just keep going one foot in front of the other. Exactly. So this podcast is about mums in business. Yes. How do you juggle? Because obviously you made a very passionate statement. You mm -hmm. wanted to be present for your daughter. How do yeah. you juggle business and family so I pretty much get up early in the morning <laughs> do my emails and stuff before she wakes up and then I'll do her breakfast and stuff she started going to nursery or pre-nursery um three days a week now so um I'll bring it I've just brought her to nursery now and come back to do this so I basically anytime I have to do a zoom or have a meeting I make sure that they're after the time I've dropped her off or when she's napping. Um, and then I, I carry on after she's gone to bed. Um, and then, so I have a Monday to Wednesday, my partner works and stays at her parents, um, which is nearer to where she works. And then 
I have my full days of work uh, Thursday to Saturday. Um, and yeah, so I will book everything in, in that time and then family day on Sunday. But that's good because you know where the boundaries are and you know what's happening and when it's happening so that yeah. you're not, so you're fully present, like you said, rather than half of you know, your brain going, oh, did I do that? What? It's not happening. I yeah, I do slip. I'm not going to lie. Like I do like get caught on my phone thinking, if, especially if someone's emailed me and I'm like having to reply or, you know, but we all do, don't we? We do. You're, you're like me. We're human. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do feel guilty though. <laughs> we know that never goes though, does it? No. We always feel guilty about something or other. Yeah. So our listeners are going to be thinking, Eve, you've got such an amazing story and you've accomplished so much what piece of advice would you give them if they are thinking about starting their own business um i would say to them really think about your reason behind doing it like really really think about it because it's hard and if you don't have your passion to drive you through the hard times it's, it's, you're not going to enjoy it at all. I mean, you know, you, you don't really enjoy the bad times anyway, but the passion does keep you going. That drive of like, oh, yes, you know, it, it gets you going. So I would say think about why you're doing it first and remember that everyone who started a business will have gone through what you're going to go through. And it's okay. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to cry. It's not, it's okay to worry that you're not bringing enough money. And it's okay to like, think about like what everyone else is bringing all of this stuff, like they're natural things. As long as you can bring yourself back to the moment and say, right, this is why I'm doing it. And that's what I've had to learn to do because I got caught up, you know, looking at the other people that do similar things and they're succeeding. And I really learned to say, Eve, stop, focus. You know, I'd literally look down and say, why are you doing this? Are you doing the best that you can? If the answer is yes, it's okay. It's okay. And I'm going to ask you one final question. Yes. What is the best piece of advice anyone has ever given you? Don't burn your bridges. Don't burn your bridges and be kind. You know, be kind. Even if, like, we have a tendency to, like, just... If, if someone's not in our like path we we pretty much don't have time for them like be kind if you see someone who's homeless and they need money are you in a better position than them yes you are give them some money if you see someone who needs help help them if you're in a rush doesn't matter is anything bad going to happen help them you know take that time to you know if you see something on facebook someone's having a hard time or whatever just reply to them small things like that are really important what a nice way to end the podcast. <laughs> but finally but finally people will be going i need to be in eve's world how do i get <sighs> to be in eve's world eve how can people eve's world connect, <laughs> connect with you <laughs> and find out more about what you do um all of the socials so you connect you can connect with me on peak music uk that's across everything um Eve underscore Horn is my Instagram and Eve Louise Horn Facebook. Um, and pretty much, yeah, they're all connected. I've also got We Are The Unheard uh, Instagram account uh, and Facebook account. So you can connect on there. 
or and you can email me through the website as well amazing amazing well thank you eve for talking to me today absolute pleasure my darling and thank you everyone for listening if you're interested in finding out how you can work with me and how i can help you then head over to my website www.mummyonabreak.co.uk and click on work with me take care Thank you.